Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 1st, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring NPC dialogue in game worlds. And this particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is Titan Pilot, green-eyed music lover. I may have picked up Titanfall the other day. Ah, which one? Titanfall 1 or 2? 2. I played. Yeah. I did like half of the introduction thing where you're like mm-hmm. doing the gauntlet, and then Cole's like, "Let's go play a private match." I was like, "Okay, I don't know how to run a Titan. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna make it run around for me." And so played some matches with her today, and yeah, Titanfall didn't do too, too bad. Uh, that story is amazing. I've heard. I mean, we the, did that. The uh, the book. the uh, AI that they have is just a uh, great story in Titanfall. They they knocked it out of the park as far as I am concerned. Um, but last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-hosts, we have our good friends Infermage and Serena Bezos, uh, Josh and Morgan. How are you guys doing tonight? I guess I'll Morgan. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm energetic for some odd reason, so. Nice. This weird energy going into this, this into this chat. Perfect. Josh, how's the uh, rum levels over there? Not too bad. Doing pretty well. It's not gone. It's not gone. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I and I know you guys. You guys have both been on the show uh, before. Um, but real quick, uh, Morgan, can you give us a just a real quick reminder of where we can find you out on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Serena Bezos. That's S I R E N A E S O S. Perfect. And um, there you can find my podcast and all that jazz. Yes, awesome. And I'll, and we'll get we'll definitely get the show the uh, links in the show notes like we did last time. Uh, Josh, what about you? Where can we stalk you on the internet? Um, well, don't um, do it. But <laughs> uh, so. I do some posts on the Lore Network, and I'm at uh, at Infermage on uh, Twitter. Nice. Nice. Green, do you have any crazy questions? Uh, i just kind of curious about the D&D uh, campaign that we were talking about last time, and if any major developments have happened since the last time we recorded together. Have you guys had another session and everything, or Serena? Um, oh, for Josh's and I D&D game that we have, or? Yeah. You guys were, you kind of talked about it a little bit last time. I was just curious if you guys had any major breakthroughs in your guys' story. Not really. We kind of 
in a hiatus just because it's hard to play online with yeah. our group. Um, and then, like, we try to use... We did try to use Tabletop Simulator for a table, like, battle thing, and got finicky and weird real quick. Okay. It's, like, super fun to flick tiles and things. <laughs> like, the physics so, so in just, Tabletop just, Simulator is just super Just to fun. clarify, we know exactly just who saying. got finicky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Josh, the thing is, like, they don't Josh, like the sit. The... You can't have nice things. <laughs> I mean, he was the one destroying the building and like removing the floor tiles. So <laughs> some of it was an accident. <laughs> now listen. <laughs> oh, but, uh, that's pretty much it with 20. that. Nice. We I, now that um things are starting to supposedly get a little bit better. We're they start and things we don't know yet. We're still we're still unsure what we're doing, like lockdown stuff. But Texas assumes that we're doing better, therefore they're opening up the economy again. So mm-hmm. you're still getting margaritas uh, mail or to go, right? Yeah, if you if you drink them, you can definitely get them by the gallon. I nice. experienced that the other day too. Thanks, like thanks for the tip on that. We went to Torchy's Tacos. Mm-hmm. And you, we could get margaritas to go, and we just had these little sippy cups of margaritas. Now, granted, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but they don't have like actual straw holes. It's just the solid lid, so you're not supposed to drink and drive while you're heading home. If you hit it hard enough, it'll have a straw hole. Uh, actually, I mean, some parts of Texas where you actually get like to go daiquiri shacks, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> the only uh, yeah, it's so the only way they make them to go is because they'll t- take a styrofoam cup with a regular lid on it, they'll wrap it in a plastic bag. And then they just hate you the cup. <laughs> Dang. They're like, if you open this, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> no mm-hmm. kidding. So like technically it's in a silk container. So you can't have it. So in this drive through and then drive it home, but you break that still, that's on you, buddy. Like that's drinking with the open container. I that's just, just love, when you I put love like, where, a- like they're like so can we like when everything goes back to normal? Can we keep doing this part? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. I mean, I was able to Uber Eats myself a margarita. I... It was real good. <laughs> yes. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Uh, shenanigans that happen during quarantine. It's always interesting. But all right, Green. Uh, I know. I know Josh plays Destiny, so you can ask him some questions there. I'm sure he could explain a couple things. He's he's got a really good grasp on what's going on. Is okay. I thought we were talking about uh, dialogue and stuff like that. Do oh we yeah, talk we, about can, add, we can talk about that too. Or... I just want to. Yeah, I yeah. Just, we can talk about all the things. We can talk about all the things. We can talk about Ted and Tom and tomatoes and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Team Ted and Team Tom. Hashtag. How, how are the uh, how are the potatoes and tomatoes uh, over under rates going? I know they're not turnips, but... Uh... I mean, I think the last time we left Ted and Tom, one of them had married the other sister. <laughs> that mm. was an assassin. There was some... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the sister assassin. Oh, my gosh. Now, I guess my the first question I would ask, if you were talking about, like, dialogue, and we're, we're joking about Ted and Tom, but if they were real characters, how much like dialogue would you give them in relation to your players would you make them a fairly 
dynamic type character or would you really just kind of make it oh you only have the information i'm supposed to give you kind of thing and just the mail carrier well like but the thing is with that you can only go so far because players will try to push things Mm -hmm. and they will try to be like i try to get more about them because sometimes some odd reason they'll cling on to the most weirdest npc that you have there it's like this is gonna be a new friend and you're like oh but why and you're like no i want to know their life story i'm like all right well hold on let me dr- think about it for a hot second and figure out where <laughs> where they began their their journey into the potato farming business <laughs> it began in the drought of 1969 it was born in the barn oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you just get this bard in the background tooling away on the loot doing like a bling. <laughs> mm-hmm Oh, oh yeah, goodness. like you know, always background like, bards, right? Always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you have like a set idea of what you want to tell them. As long as you get your points out to them, um, if they ask for more things, you kind of just have to go with the flow and like for more information. Unless that character specifically is like a shy or don't talk much or they're cut off or mm-hmm. leave. Like, sometimes you prepare an NPC to specifically, like, deliver all that information to the party, and then the party just decides that they hate that person, <laughs> and just chaos happens. And you're like, you're like, oh, we don't want to talk to that person, but I'm like, but, but, but why? And you're like, I don't want to talk to that person. I'm like, oh, okay. All um, that work into nothing goes to nothing at that point. Pretty much, and so you have to figure out a way, if it's like a plot point or a hook or something, you have to, like, feed that to another NPC and, like, get them to that was actually what my next question was going to be do you literally just uh, copy paste whatever important delivery or important um, courier type thing that the npc is supposed to give to them do you just port it over to somebody new i mean like if it's definitely a um direction i want the players to go Mm -hmm. we'll try to feed it into someone else and like if they don't get in from this particular person i'm like oh shoot this you know is really going to stall plot if they don't get this hook. So maybe like I'll throw it out. Maybe not in the same direct way, but maybe in a different way. Like talking. I think last time we talked about um, information out to the world. So like uh, these criers, mm-hmm. um, rumors in the bar that are floating around them. So it may be a more indirect way of them trying to like to lure them in and be like, "Hey, you with the face, I have a quest for you." And they're like, "Nah, good, we're good." <laughs> You okay. random stranger in the bar. <laughs> you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Isn't it, isn't it want... gamers? Hello, random <laughs> patron. Random uh, guy who looks important and is not just this gray face in the background. That silhouetted moment. Um, I guess another question I would ask at that point then is. How do you manage to keep your NPCs from all sounding the same? Like, how do you develop those characters to where they have their own particular voice that is unique, maybe not necessarily super over the top, but memorable? Um, I think we were talking about Matthew Mercer earlier in a stream I was in, and he does a really, really good job of creating these massively impactful characters, even with just a voice that he does. Now, granted, he's voice acting his characters. Yeah, I would say he is a voice actor. He is a trained professional when it comes to voice stuff. Yeah, right. When it's, when it's high noon, whatever he wants it to be, it's kind of hard to compete. 
Well, I'm thinking of the, um, oh, I can't even think of the character's name. He's just this uh, merchant that became this huge character this last season. And oh, um, uh, Pumat? Mm-mm. Or was it, it was... Uh, oh, what's the season one guy, Josh? Uh, that blacksmith guy? Or the gunpowder oh. guy? Oh, the, the suave gold, it starts with a G. Oh, Gilmore. Gilmore, yeah. I don't know, maybe that guy, I don't know. I mean, that's one of them. The, I, this one would be uh, a guy who's just kind of a more, he sounds slightly Canadian, and oh. he's just a slower pace kind of character. But what I'm meaning, though, is when you're writing a tone for a character more so rather than just giving an actual voice, because some characters are going to be very eloquent and some characters may not. They may be very plain. How do you really kind of design your characters that are not just so cartoonish, but also have enough variants that they're not so plain i think you just gotta uh think of the idea of where they're coming from so like um just give you an example i'm about to run a um, a game for my podcast so i'm thinking of voices and tones or you know is it like you know say words or how they talk um for this one character and the character's like a news host from like california in the late 90s oh gosh yeah well, I'm just thinking, like, you know, I'm I so with her, she's gonna be have to be like loud and like you know probably sits up with her shoulders back. So it's not just the voice itself, but I also get into a body position mm-hmm. going out a lot. And Mercer also does that when you ever do you know you do watch him and stuff. But um, body positioning really helps not only like project your voice and like how you want to be received. Mm-hmm. Also helps you like get into the mindset of the character. With her, for example, it would be like more like I'm sitting up and like I have to project. So, like, good morning, Rosedale, or something, you know, where mm-hmm. you have to get your voice where it's clear and precise. Or, um, I'll, I played a character or NPC that was uh, chief of police for um, this one like superhero game. So, it, and it was the dad of one of the players. So, I had to be like this gruff guy who's a little short and like, you know, with his words and like, I love you, kid, but you got to go away, like, sort of situation. Josh, do you have any moments like that or characters like that? I don't know. I think with with games that I've run, like, I've had the problem where uh, a lot of my players would not trust the people that I threw at them for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't know um, why. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> Story about. Time. Story time. I have no idea what he's talking about. We Somebody always dish. trusted everything that Somebody Josh dish. did. I want to know why. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I'm very trustworthy all the time. <laughs> um. All right. So Josh runs a warlock, and uh, let's see what happened with the plant life that happened. That was the choice between the party member. Oh, and there the- was that one time. That was me as <laughs> a player, though. That's a different thing. <laughs> to be fair, Josh. I never played with you as you as a DM, so I can't say anything. Yeah, exactly. as a player, though. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I just, I just have to give out this one story real quick. Yeah, do it. So uh, we're playing we're playing Tombs of Annihilation, D and D Tombs of Annihilation. Obviously, it's oh, a very like you can't bring up Tombs of Annihilation. <laughs> I have to. He's immediately like, you can't bring this up. That's not fair. So, so this game is a this 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 system is a grindhouse. Like it just like 
I think I went through six different characters during like a year and a half. Jeez. Oh, oh my god. Josh went That's up like there with eight. Ravenloft, man. Oh, it was like nine or ten. Was it nine or ten? I know one game you basically had a new character and that character died like the day of. That happens. Yep. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we're, we're playing this one this one um session where because we have to go into these temples and get these items for this relic to like in the curse on the island or something. So we're in the one of the temples and we got everything down straight away. Like it was just lucky guesses and all that. And as we're leaving, Josh is like, mm, I don't trust our DM. And he goes back and just sets off triggers left and right. <laughs> Oh, I did no. not intentionally set off triggers. I just did not trust our DM. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to look around a little bit. <laughs> like, whatever. It was totally innocent. You were playing a warlock at the time, or were you playing a rogue? Because that no, sounds that like something a, a rogue. Okay. Because <laughs> you know the rogue is just going to go, eh. Oh, also, Trigger Blade X said, did he feed someone to a man-eating plant? <laughs> he fed himself to a man-eating plant. <laughs> Oh, that 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 happened. <laughs> was character two, I believe. Oh, uh, I think. Yeah. I don't know. We had this one like dude NPC who was with us to like carry our bags and stuff. Snake Steve, and he like yeah, Snake Steve. He got like almost swallowed by a snake, and then we like saved him and cut him out. So then he was Snake Steve. Oh, no. <laughs> so just a flesh wound. My cleric decided that he must be lucky because uh, only be. lucky people this, would oh, no. this is be every saved from being devoured by a snake. <laughs> starts. Must be lucky. Yep, that's not going to end well. I like made him like wander out into the jungle because well, he, really, he would lead me to oh, some no. treasure or something. And well, then I love how the, just in I the background. Was not drunk. Oh no! <laughs> no, like just those moments where you're like god <laughs> you <laughs> as a dm like i've only ever dm'd i've never played as a player character and those are the kind of things that i know my care like my players have done and it's just like i love you but i hate you at the moment too because those well, are gotta great. Be like this. right it's great <laughs> comedy moments but <laughs> i was sure there would be some treasure and then there wasn't <laughs> There was a man eating plants, and like y'all both got eaten. And Aladdin, who was like tied to your cleric, little did Josh that. know that he was the treasure for the monsters. <laughs> also, I was left unsupervised. <laughs> I was left unsupervised. This is a this is a fair a natural one on a Constitution roll for drink. <sighs> Passed out. <laughs> So okay. yeah. became a war bore like a couple weeks later, but uh, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> so okay, I know like in some of the older styles of D and D, since that it sounds like like the one of the more primary ones that most people would know. Is there a like dump stat that you guys prefer to take? Because I, if I remember correctly, you used to be able to go down to like an eight or a six or even more in some of the older editions. Was there something that was your favorite to be like? I'm going to make this a weakness and just everybody hates you because you're the one who ends up triggering that one thing or just can't do the other thing. For our tombs game, I think all of our dump staff were intelligence. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. 
I'm not even surprised yeah. about this. Why is that a good idea? Yeah. I love how there's yeah. like no question from Josh. Yeah. That's mm. <laughs> true. They were all dumb. Yeah. Usually I play int casters, but that time someone else was playing the wizard. Well, had a wizard that one time and then he died for unrelated reasons. Um, but so the rest of us. <laughs> that was that that was me. That yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I I I don't know how to follow that up without I mean blue tag, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm out of here. I love that. She's just like I don't. I don't what? <laughs> like I, I've seen people who will like dump stat in strength and dump stat in a lot of other things, but just intelligence seems like one that you would want to keep, especially if you're running like obviously a, a mage type. But I'm sure that tunes wasn't necessarily I a mean... mage. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like I played a lot. Like in tombs, I played a lot of. Uh, non wizards. Played a lot of healers, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, you actually did because. Um, oh, I had my wisdom was awesome. FYI, oh, yeah. wisdom was great for all of our characters. <laughs> Intelligent, <laughs> man. I mean, okay, you were playing. <laughs> that's like, that's like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Is it like yeah. a D twenty system where you like ten is like average or whatever, and yeah. you go below that? Okay, so in that game, how low did you guys actually go for your dumb stat? Did you go down to just eight, or did you go like, I have an intelligence of four or two? <laughs> if you get that low at that point, like D and D has some like, guess, like yeah, yeah, I think it isn't like, it like below like five or four. Yeah, you can't that... talk anymore, or like you don't yeah. like. Maybe okay. the zero, you're you're dead skis. You're just a hindrance at that point. Well, if just you hit zero on any ability, I think technically you die. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was actually a mechanic yeah, of that's them. That's a that's the mm-hmm. that's a hard floor. Like everything has to have at least a one, and then like with D and D especially, they have like specific rules where if you hit like there's different thresholds for like speaking and for <laughs> conscious thought, <laughs> and there's different things yeah. there. I mean, if you if you view ten as the average, there's there's quite a bit of flex room from ten to zero. To be honest, oh sure. <laughs> I think we had like one of our one of our rounds with whatever combination of characters we had at the time. One of our other friends was playing. Was she a ranger? Uh, yeah, she was a dwarf yes. ranger, and I think she probably had the highest intelligence at the time in the group at a 10. And then we were just trudging through the jungle and then it started raining. And then we were talking about the throat leeches in the river and how they can't possibly be in the rain coming from the sky because if they're in the river, they don't have wings. But they could have. (laughs) (laughs) These are the conversations you have when your intelligence is 10 and under. (laughs) I'm typical of Friday night talks around the D and D right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and your DM sitting there going, "I don't, I, I, I don't, I what?" <laughs> At, if you have an experienced DM, good on them for being able to roll with that kind of stuff. It's just shenanigans <laughs> left and right. That's we what I swear D and D is. D and D is. Oh man, just any role play is just like, how far can we push this person's sanity? Mm-hmm. Although I, running these games, I feel like that conversation happened right before Snake Steve got eaten by that snake. <laughs> I think it so. was. 
Wait, Snake uh, Steve got eaten by a snake? <laughs> yeah, that's how he got named Snake yeah. Steve. Oh my god. That's yeah, when name. he became Snake Steve. But I thought he had also... Oh god, okay. Because <laughs> he didn't die then. That's why he was lucky. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he, was just, gonna... he was just background Steve before. Oh this my is gosh. like, you know, one of our, one of our carriers, Steve. Mm-hmm. Like, we had them all named, but Steve's the only one we get to hear about that point. But we forgot all the other names. They didn't matter. Or in Snake Steve. Carry this. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just... It reminds me of like Blue's story about having the guy's was a companion in the bag mm-hmm. of holding. Yeah, and we stole mm-hmm. his we stole his animal companion and tricked it into the bag of holding that he carried. He was very upset with us when he finally did kind of figure all that out. We we're like, he was alive. He, he was alive, and he was close to you, so you were still getting benefits. We don't understand why you're upset. <laughs> It's like, it's the best of both worlds. We fed him, kind of. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Now, Blue, I'm going to let you tag, like, take the lead on this one for a little bit, because I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm going through, like, stories of, like, characters that I know of that people have created and whatnot, but cr- creating a character's voice is not necessarily a strong suit. Yeah, I, I mean, can- I guess I guess my question, too, is, like, not not necessarily if, I mean, I guess... This goes both if you have created one or if you've played a game with someone that has like a really, really strong sense of kind of touching on that individuality piece that Green had mentioned, you know, like what what would be when you're when you're looking at developing a character's voice, you know, and not like voice like audit auditory voice, but like their underlying voice for NPCs, you know, what is a good like tip or trick you think that you might that you've seen done or if you've done yourself that helps like really kind of help npcs stand out from just background white noise like do you guys have anything that you come to the top of your mind with that i would say background honestly so if it's someone who was from like a more like Know, royal class, they'll maybe learn how to talk slower and like more eloquently than um, one who, like, you just uh, uh, who comes from the country, and so you know they'll have a different accent than them. And like, I, I, I really just, I just try. I know you said one tip or trick, but it's really just like no, I mean, yeah, combination I mean, of things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's the, but that that's you know that's worth kind of diving into, right? Is like. Like how to, um, for someone who hasn't done that, who might have, like, might try to be or interested in trying to do it, what's a good way to, I guess, practice? How how did you get to a point where you felt comfortable doing that? Fifteen years of LARPing. So just basically, <laughs> just basically doing it, like you know, just jumping yeah. in and, and doing it. Yeah, just 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 getting in there and um, either act not acting improv playing games and then like having various types of characters that you make different pieces for mm-hmm. um that really helps out a lot because you'll be like okay a character for um one game i'm playing currently is a war domain paladin so she's a lot rougher with her words her her voice is a little bit deeper uh just because um uh, war domain paladin? paladin you know i was like oh no she's a cleric <laughs> this is why we have Josh fact check right here. 
the joke is that they call her a paladin because she's a war domain cleric. Oh, like, okay. Uh, and then, like, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just confused because I know she has, like, seven clerics. Josh is just like no, I'm just I'm just lost at this point. Look, look, I like clerics. Okay, look, three piece of quartz. I mean, you probably find yourself gravitating towards a particular class as far Mm -hmm. as playability. Is there is cleric going to be yours? Like Josh, what would yours be then? Uh, I mean, well, traditionally I've done wizards, but like I don't know, the last couple years I've I think I've ever seen play a wizard. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, Bard was super fun, and I will totally go back to Bard. But like, oh god, Bard! Classically, it's been Wizard. Blue. Uh, I I generally go with rogues or monks. Um, okay. Mostly, it's because of the versatility for skills more than anything. So my mine is usually tends to be because of actual functionality more than I don't know. But Green, I'm also, I'm also a person that's happy to play human, so because you get extra stuff. Mm-hmm. What was that? You, you said you used to run games, but if you had a, if you wanted to play, like what was your like your first choice uh, class? I enjoyed ranger or rogue builds personally, which oh. I I like the versatility. <laughs> I like having I like being more of a jack of all trades with a lot of my characters. But I don't you know. Should try a bard. That's okay. So when you said. My bards are fun. My brain went immediately to to whom? Like, who, like <laughs> I've heard so many freaking horror stories about bards just getting everything into trouble. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, she's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, my bard was the primary healer for the party, so uh, I was I was very important. Ah, <laughs> necessity. I I know this thing. When you are necessity, like oh my gosh, that's so funny though. Yeah, so they have fun with me or they die. <laughs> you have to play with me, guys. I am literally the only thing keeping you alive. No, don't talk about that potion. There's no need for that potion. It costs too much money. Just, just, just come here. Just give Let's me a drink. drink. Let's yeah. get a drink and then let's go fix things. Mm-hmm. Fixing exactly. meaning find the nearest tavern again, and maybe a brothel or two, depending on the characters and whatnot. Freeport didn't need brothels. Freeport was a brothel. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's funny. Do you have any what notorious are... characters that you guys really, really enjoyed? Like either anybody, just favorite characters you've ever played that you're like, I could go back and like live in that person's head for a little while because just fun. I I'm, I have this character that I was playing in a game before all this happened, and um, it's another cleric, but um, it's a nature domain cleric who mm-hmm. has a very low charisma stat. Wait, so, how? Because she's very shy and awkward around people, but when talking to plants and animals, she's a okay. Okay, her best friends. <laughs> she's a tr- like she's a tree hugger, but actually can do stuff with them. Mm-hmm. So like. Everybody thought she was a druid, but she's like, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cleric. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, they push like we be in like cities and stuff and social situations. She's like, uh, <laughs> uh I'm good. Okay, bye. And she just leaves. Oh, jeez. Were there any situations that your DM put you in specifically to test that that weakness or whatever that um 
that struggle for your character. You had a wood, like a like a wood elf hitting on her. Oh gosh, hard, and um, she was just like an awkward being the whole time, like <laughs> just like think Tina from Bob's Burgers, like oh god, like, okay, <laughs> okay, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to be here. <laughs> I had fun as a player. I had a blast, but the character herself is helpful. And once she like gets to know her party, she's very like open with them. But as soon as someone else comes into the mix, she's like, uh, uh. "How long did it take her to actually warm up to the party?" Then, or was this a pre-established party? It wasn't a pre-established party, but um, so it took her. I'd say the first game, just because I don't, I didn't want to like on her being awkward with the crew for too long because mm-hmm. makes that, it hard for a party. You know, also, also it makes it harder not only for her and the DM and the rest of the party, it just gets old. Yeah. It's like the idea of like whenever you like bring something new that's like mind blowing, you have that mind blowing moment and you move on. Don't like sit on the don't sit on it and just keep ruminating because it gets boring and old from a, a spectator perspective. That's fair. Yes, yes, yes. This thing happened. Okay, let's just let's do the thing. Josh, do you have a notorious character that you absolutely love? And I love most of my characters. <laughs> I was like, just one, just so. one, Josh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you had to play this character for the next year in quarantine, like it's the only character you can touch, which character would you choose? Well, I mean, right now I'm playing this Warforged monk, which nice. is fun and interesting mm-hmm. um just in terms of like come up with his backstory it's like he was like built for a like war type purpose and then ended up in a gladiatorial ring for entertainment and has just been pretty okay with wants to be a little bit more peaceful um and so like interacting with other with the other members of the party and just being kind of more the warforged monk and seems like he should be very like lawful and stick to the rules. It's also, it's very like, um, the fair kind of attitude, I guess. Um, okay. which is fun. Um, that's I don't know. serious, the serious kind of stoic character in some respects. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I like creating characters for, um, being weird and different, I guess. Yeah, no worries. Blue, do you have a notorious character? Uh, notorious? No, not so much. Uh, I usually, I want to say there was a game way back in when uh, that it was a freeform game that we I created a character that was a basically a, a it was a cleric slash monk of a of a deity of uh, death basically, and he actually became an avatar of it. And, like, basically it was so that we could sacrifice that character to kind of close out the overarching um, storyline. But it was a really, really fun character to not just design, but also to, you know, play for the time that I played him. Uh, And that was probably, he's he's honestly, that's honestly been one of my go-to characters when I, you know, when you start talking about stuff like, you know, modeling characters. NPCs off of and stuff like that like the whole just because it was it was really fun to play and a lot of the other players it was on a play-by-post forum uh, mm-hmm. but a lot of the other characters that were involved actually really appreciated like the way that we 
um, wrote him into the storyline because it allowed it basically allowed us to close up one of those situations where it's like oh yeah this got really bad really fast and uh there's no way that we're going to fix this really um and so without like sacrificing a player character and so we we used him basically to kind of get out of that situation which was like i said it was it was an interesting interesting solution to the problem um but yeah, no, that that's the one that comes immediately to mind for me at least. Have any of your characters come back like after they've died, their their legend or whatever, has your DM been able to write them back into the story a little bit if that campaign continues or maybe not necessarily make them a huge huge deal. We don't need like any statue of Jane or anything like that. <laughs> but something something just no. No. <laughs> Although that is one of my favorite episodes, but if is there any sort of memento to any of your characters that has lasted past the characters' lives? Uh, I know we what we used to do back when we played D anD D was whenever we would have like we we always played like long long lasting campaigns, um, and as a rule, what we'd always do to keep things interesting was once our characters hit level twenty, um, we would retire them basically, but we would use them as mentors for our new characters. So basically okay. they would graduate into an NPC status, but still be present in the game world um, as basically instructors for the new, you know, generation or what have you of characters. And that always, that was always fun because it basically, it let us still, you know, they were still present. Um, and it also gave us the opportunity to, uh, get a get a fresh you know a new face basically to play as mm-hmm. makes sense makes sense so if you were to write a new character today would you pick something that would be your same thing as normal like your your favorite style or would you go into something totally different this is kind of a question for all of you guys mainly asking we know that you have like a favorite that you like to run but would you do you branch out, I guess, rather than just kind of stick with the same one? Yeah, Morgan, what kind of cleric domain are you going to pick this time? <laughs> I think I've played them all, thank you, at this point. Actually, no, like, death clerics don't really appeal to me. Um, this clerics don't really appeal to me. So, like, I don't know, because like, the thing is, like, a lot of people don't usually pick clerics as their first, like, you know, clerics are usually like, oh, we don't want to or whatever they don't want to be a healer yeah, yeah but i've i've played enough D D that i'm like whatever i'll play a healer no big deal like still make this fun mm-hmm. that's what i say you can make he- healers can be yeah my character my uh more domain cleric um is like not she's not the leader quote unquote but whenever it comes to anything tactical or fighty she they they look to her for that so um okay. like, like my grave domain cleric that we have in our strad game um she's just a little weirdo <laughs> I mean, we're all kind of weirdos in Strahd. That's true. Isn't um, that but- kind of the point of everybody just enjoying each other in a D&D or role-playing game? Just being little, your own little weirdos? Like, I love being able to act out completely different than what I normally do. Mm-hmm. Some people, I mean... Maybe. Some people love Maybe I am that. a bard. <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight... <laughs> No, if anybody F off of FOC is a freaking bard, it's Justin. That is 100% accurate. I can see that. 
That's hundred percent. One time, hundred percent <laughs> accurate. Like no, no question, I, I, no question at all. Hey, didn't Justin say he never played D and D before? Don't we he need to get has, a game going for him? Yes, he he also said that he would be willing to play a game. <laughs> be amazing As, and terrifying oh my god i want right? to be part of that so bad <laughs> so you guys had talked about a little bit jay talked about he does play by post but is there a obviously there's nothing that beats an in-person game where you have the actual mat in front of you and the in any of your models or anything like that that you deal with and that's another question do you guys prefer to use an actual physical map because i know that fifth edition didn't they get kind of get rid of that a little bit or did they bring that back in yeah they still have it because a lot of their changes and like you need to go 30 feet and like spell only has a like a a diameter of 20 or whatever and it's like to map it out with like maps like that you gotta these and that's fine if you enjoy that but as someone who's starting to move away from D&D a lot and playing more of, like, the indie or other systems that are more narrative-based. You don't need that. As long as the game's fun, you're like, eh, okay, yeah, sure, you could just hit the guy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. As long as you describe it in a way that isn't, A, overpowered, and B, kind of fun, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah just uh, one of the things in Power by Apocalypse is um, tell what honesty demands. So just be honest about your... That's talk right. about Yeah, talk about them. Uh, like, how uh, you think they'd be, and not like, oh, you assume they are, and this, this you think they're almighty, and they, you know, you still have rules and regulations to go by on your gift sheet, so like, those, please. Right. So, when you're doing a po- playing, or when you are doing a game that is more verbal, less um, dice oriented, or less map oriented, I guess dice are still pretty, or at least some sort of probability generator are still pretty important. Um, just because otherwise you're going to have people just go rampant on things. Is it just an honor system of trying not to go too OP, or is there more guidelines to that? Because I, I've i like freelanced RP'd, just text RP'd with a lot of people, and it's pretty easy to just make yourself way stronger than any story is needed. It just kind of makes your character unrelatable and not very easy to play with. So is there anything that's out there that you would say is a really good way to help mitigate that? Well, I know the the games I play, like Power by Apocalypse, for example, everybody gets a playbook, which means that your character sheet is on two pages and your stats are, there's only four stats that you really have and you choose what, you, and then depending on which type of game that's in that system, choose what numbers each stat has and there's chosen numbers that you pick. Or you have two sets and you pick one or the other. You circle two moves or like two powers that your character has, and then everybody has moves. And then with that, they have these two special moves that go along with that playbook. So it does bounce each other out in that aspect where hey, you this is what the sheet says. You have you can use all these base moves, and you have two specific moves to your character. So just um, I think the game designers who come in place really made really good choices and a lot of balancing in there. So when it comes to us and getting our little grubby hands on it. It's actually something that's playable and not overpowered. Nice. I think part of it that helps too is just having a group of people that you know and are comfortable with. 
because um, like I've done a lot of play by post stuff also, and like knowing the people that I'm games with, like mm-hmm. we're at least comfortable enough with each other to play off of each other and to not have a character just be completely op or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, I know yeah. for us when when it te- it tends to be also kind of going off what Josh was saying there is like. That's why you see a lot of times, at least for what I've seen, is once a group kind of finds a group, like once people kind of find a group that they click with, they will literally bounce from game to game on, you know, like our poll uh, is uh, basically it's a message board uh, play by post system. And like literally the the groups that bounce from game to game on our poll, they're they're really ultimately are all part of the same group. Like they all kind of tend to know each other very well um i've I've noticed that's very common with play by post and i and i think that's exactly going back to what josh was just saying is like it's because once you find a group that is like hey they know they know how to play off each other without being op it it's a it makes it makes it really fun but it also makes it a lot more familiar and more easy to be kind of like to kind of try out those crazy builds that you were talking about earlier too sure yeah i think i think part of it too is just like that like there's always going to be a system that or systems will always have mechanics built in to try and prevent someone from taking over the spotlight but having having that relationship around the table to at um i don't know it makes you it makes you less likely to build um less likely to min max a character like i did um organized play for pathfinder for a little bit and since that was every night of that was playing with a different group of people and bothered with character development like it was all just like i'm gonna build something to fight things and i'm gonna be the best there is in my class so like everyone was awful but once you settle down with an actual party then things mm-hmm. start to ease up yeah. a lot more yeah just more competitive rather than cooperative because right. I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? It's the cooperative storytelling aspect. Yeah, it's it's really kind of uh, weird, actually, when you say that, because it it is exactly what's happening. But it's like it's this weird competitive cooperative game where everyone is trying to, pa- like it, I, and and sometimes it's not even really overt, right? It's like like what Josh was just saying there. It's like I'm going to be the best in in my class, and sometimes the classes step on each other. Like mm-hmm. you can have, you know, classes that are really good fighters, quote unquote, but then you have a fighter. So what's more important that, you know, your cleric, who's also a decent fighter, is more of a fighter or, is, you know, it just kind of, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's kind of the one of the things that you have to be really careful as a DM is how many different variances of characters you're getting into your game. Because if you have multiple people fulfilling the same role it's going to be boring for all three of them because they're going to never be able to do they're never going to be able to shine in their own way right like that's the whole point of making sure you have party diversity is so so they can shine but then sometimes like that's when people get real creative oh yeah or you can have like games are specified like yeah we're going to do an all board game (laughs) oh my god (laughs) our bar that we played D&D at the first year they did it there was this all bard party they were amazing I miss Bardaritaville how do you get anything done (laughs) they probably get to be fair they probably get a lot done because they're all competing with each other good lord (laughs) 
Yeah, I, you, you're able to find like you know a, 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 a your own niche within the same like class, for example. Like that's why I play so many clerics. None of them were the same at all. Like they're all the same class technically. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, like do you I've had played... the exact same builds with the within that same class, or not really? Like my my um my grave domain cleric has more charismatic than my um my uh, nature domain. Uh, my war domain's a lot stronger. Any of them, and then like for example, I made a um, a Unity cleric, which is like a new UA character. Basically, she's an anime character killing things with love and whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, she has a very high charisma. As so, as you do, <laughs> I made a gelatinous cube like go up in sparkles and hearts. So, uh, yeah. Wait, you made a gelatinous cube do what? Blow up. So. You haven't seen like, that episode of Sailor Moon? <laughs> I was just I, I, about to say, in the power of the moon. <laughs> I mean, it's I actually do play it on like a higher pitch of voice. Like, all right, guys, let's go in there and we gotta stop these things. And oh my god, it, come on! That is amazing. Just sparkles. I just want like it's just like making a, a unicorn just excrete rainbows at that point in my mind. <laughs> I love it. So this character is all different from this character who's like ready to fight and ready to go. It's still from the same person, which is me. Like, you know, it just, just oh, depends sure. on how I'm holding myself. And like, obviously when I'm doing the, the exciting one, I'm sitting up, like bouncing in my chair almost. Like I embody the character, even if it's just like a little bit. Sure. I It's, it's fun to actually act out the characters. Like I love acting on stage because you get to live that person for a little while right like obviously not to the depths of like keith ledger did with joker or anything like that but you still get to act out a little bit in a totally different way and i think that's why i enjoy larping a lot is because you get to in that character's shoes for for like an hour three hours a weekend depending on what the game itself i mean i imagine too that that helps you like separate that space in your mind for that character and like once you're in that physical stance then it's like okay like now it's mm-hmm. easier for me to be this person and like, even with some yeah. other games too <clears throat> um you can actually put on like costumes for that character mm-hmm. as you're getting dressed you're becoming that character slowly but surely right you put on like for example i played in a hard like a gritty sci-fi game and I put on my red goggles because she's from Mars, and I'm like, all right, I'm this character now. A botanist from Mars. Let's do this. Like, Right. Like, it's just the, it's, we talk about it in Destiny of embodying the, the class types, right? You have your hunters and your titans and your warlocks. They're all still people. They're all still awoken exos and humans, but I you're... I mean, some of them are people. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> if we really want to go down that road, <laughs> Shall, no. Um, Guardian games, anyone? And no, the thing is, is each of these different classes have their own stereotypes, right? You have your own physicalities that kind of embody those classes, as well as just you have the crayon eaters, quote unquote, or the bookworms, or the thumb sucking cape huggers type things like you get all sorts of different little tidbits that you can personify with it i did like all like i i just started playing destiny like this year but i like that um i first tried playing each of the classes like it it it's like a class emote and a race emote to like 
I don't know. I feel like stuff like that like helps you get your mind around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that that is very much so accurate for a lot of people. Just being able to dive into that character's head. And I know quite a few people personally who love to RP as their own characters in game. And have you done that with other games? Or, I mean, obviously you RP just for fun in general as just like a normal RP. But do you do you ever personify your characters in video games? Are you selling turn- turnips right now on a lonely island kind of cursing this raccoon off to the side. That does remind me. Do you need to go check your turnips? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late turnips right now. <laughs> Is there like a time limit on those things? Like in the day because the store closes at 10 p.m. whatever your time zone is. Oh, really? So you, oh. and the store doesn't open until 8 a.m. in the morning, so. Oh my goodness. It's so very funny. unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Um, not with Animal Crossing, just because it's like just it's cutesy and a body of me. But I used to do that for um, um, it was some sort of like MMO. So like it gave me a reason to the RP thing. Like even whenever I play The Sims, for example, ah uh, yes, these two one's going to college. She wants to learn. However, she's got hots for teacher. Like you know, hots for teacher. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's the Sam Twenty One. And on that I note, it's all flu while while you can. Well, I was just going to say, you know, if we want to wrap up for this this particular episode and then jump back in for like a more kind of, I always hesitate to call them advanced because it's just really continuation of our shenanigan conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, real quick, uh, just to kind of wrap up this particular one, do you guys have any, or, uh, Morgan, Josh, do you guys have any shout outs or uh, to remind us real quick where we can find you out there in the internets? First off, Josh first. Okay. Uh, I am on Twitter at uh, Impermage, and I have some posts available on the Lore Network. And they're good. They are good. They are fun to read. I have a lot of feelings. You do, and you have a very good voice. You have a very good voice when you describe those feelings. <laughs> Morgan, what about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Serena Bezos. Um, I also do actual play podcasts. I run um, uh, Power by the Players, which is a rotating cast of campaigns and one shots of Power by the Apocalypse games. I'm on the Red Death podcast, which is 1890s uh, D&D. 1890s D&D. That's yeah. an interesting time frame. So I will explain that in our next segment, so I don't want to carry this on a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah we want no to talk, well, I mean, that, that definitely will be I want to talk about that because that definitely probably ties into the dialogue piece especially. Mm-hmm. Green, what about you? Uh, shout out and general things for me mainly have to do with the fact that there might be in the works. Now, this is very vague, and I'm leaving it very vague, but I may have tweeted at a particular Bungie dev the other day about doing a particular type of event, and I may have gotten a response from that dev. 
So you maybe in the future will see me doing a bungee bounty at some point. Um, won't be in this run most likely, but we're working on it. We're working on it. If you want to come shoot me in in uh, PlayStation and Crucible, I will let you know when that happens. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is uh, just actually a big shout out to my little guy whose birthday is actually tomorrow. Uh, so Aww. by the yeah. by the time by the time everyone hears this, it'll be well past that. But uh, for those who are in the live stream, yeah, his his birthday is going to be tomorrow. So we we're gonna we've already been informed by him what what the day's plans are. Um, he is. So what are they? Uh, we are going to play lots of Legos. He's already got. He wants me to make pancakes, and we're going to have a pancake bar for him. And this is what happens when your birthday party is during a shelter in place order. Uh, you basically are amazing. Spin. Oh, oh my no, god! No, no, mail no, me no, some like, pancakes, um, right? Don't don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. I will figure out a way to mail pancakes. Um, I think you should. I think we. <laughs> I, I'll 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 see what I can figure out. Um, We're gonna t- be cardboard by the time they get. Yeah, to you, but... I mean, to be fair, Josh has mailed us cookies before. So and did, that's I awesome. Think, <laughs> didn't weren't there muffins involved in one of the mail drops? Was it? Was it Maybe, you? Or like, possibly there were supposed to be cookies. I don't yeah, remember. No. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, big shout out or a big uh, happy birthday to him uh, for tomorrow. But I uh, just want to say again to all of our listeners and to those people in live chat with us, you know, thank you again for spending your time with us. With Wisdom We Conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.